Rob steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay in oh, the Oh, my God. the deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Brutal. David Guthrie is right there. Didn't have the guts to call it. Also, go and Malloy. The Twins are going to win the World Series. Now fires into the end zone. Come on. Edwards on the attack, and Ants can fly. Welcome back to the Bold North Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we're going solo. I am by myself. Charlie Leaf is not here. I do not have any other guests on. But that brings me to my first point. In the next couple of weeks, we are going to be having some very special guests, particularly surrounding the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, I know we've had Dane Moore on who covers the Wolves. He has his own podcast, the Dane Moore NBA podcast. We've had Darren Doogie Wolfson on who sort of covers all Minnesota sports. But we're planning, hopefully, to have John Krasinski, maybe uh, Jake Scraffs, who makes phenomenal Wolves merch. And then hopefully Doogie and Dane also can come back on. I've reached out to all of them. Hopefully we can find a time. But let's start talking about the Timberwolves. Last night, they had a huge win against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Nobody expected them to, well, I guess some people expected them to win it, but they were underdogs. It was a huge game, playoff atmosphere, and the Wolves showed out, especially the big three, Carl, D'Angelo, and Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards struggled for most of the game, but in the fourth quarter, he absolutely showed out. I think he went five for five, 14 points, three for three from beyond the arc. Carl started the game extremely hot. D'Angelo started the game extremely hot. He had the most free throws he's had in the game yet this year. Let's see. I think he had 11 free throws, 11 free throw attempts for D'Angelo Russell. I mean, that's, that's his forte. When he's on, he can get to the line at will. It's like Joel Embiid. It's like Nikola Jokic. Cat got in foul trouble. It was tough because the Joker, he just puts you in tough positions, and Cat could not get out of those tough positions. And so he made some silly fouls. He ended up with four, maybe five fouls, but it was definitely an issue throughout the game. When he wasn't in, Nasreed played solid. The bench was phenomenal. I mean, the shooting on the bench, J-Mac was three for three from three. Torian Prince, one for three. Malik Beasley made four threes, and Nas made two threes. So if the bench can play like that, they can beat just about anybody because that's sort of the X factor for this team. You usually know what you're going to get from the starting lineup with the big three and Pat Bev and Vando. But when the bench guys like Beasley and J-Mac and Nas and Malik and, uh, sorry, Torian Prince, when those guys, plus the addition of Jaden McDaniels when he's back healthy, when those guys can get it going, it is such an X factor, especially against teams that's benches aren't great which most teams don't rely on their bench as much. So when your bench can come in and dominate like that, it is so big, especially on the road, because on the road, you just need to almost play perfect, especially against good teams like the Nuggets. So that was a huge win for the Wolves. They 
let, this is how it is now. They're two games back of the Nuggets. There's four games left for both teams. The Nuggets have a particularly difficult schedule. They face the Lakers twice, which people will think not hard, but they have LeBron and AD. It all comes down to whether the Lakers are trying to get into the play-in. Because if LeBron just shuts it down, Nuggets probably win both of those games. But if AD and LeBron want to make this play-in tournament, you'd have to think they probably win one of two against the Nuggets. The Nuggets also uh, face the Spurs. The Spurs are battling for the play-in tournament. They're right ahead of the Lakers. And then they also face the Grizzlies, which the Grizzlies have nothing to play for, but they continue to win games. Like last night, they had they were without Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, Tyus Jones. Uh, I'm missing – oh, John Moran, of course. And they beat the full, fully loaded Phoenix Suns, the best team in the league. The Grizzlies are just unbelievable. Now, we'll get to a, my next point in who I would prefer the Wolves to face in the first round. Now, obviously, you'd have to get to the play-in as of now. Hopefully, the Wolves can go 4-0, Nuggets go 2-2, two and, two, and the Wolves avoid the play-in tournament because the play-in tournament is looking scarier and scarier every single day with the Clippers. Paul George is back. They just dominated the Bucks last night. Granted, nobody was playing for either team, but the Clippers are scary. And then, who knows, maybe I, if, if the Lakers don't make it, I'd say the second game is fairly easy, especially with both games being at home. But you just you, if you can avoid it at all costs, you do. Because it, you, the biggest thing for this young Wolves team is getting into a playoff series and getting experience. And getting experience in a series that's not a blowout. Like if you face the Suns and you're the eighth seed, it's most likely going to be a blowout. Like it's probably going to be a sweep, maybe five games. If you're lucky, 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 six games. Because that team is firing on all cylinders they have experience. They were in the finals last year. But people don't think the Grizzlies are a good matchup because of how hot they are. But every player in the league always talks about how the playoffs are about matchups. And it's not necessarily about how the team was doing in the regular season. The Wolves are 2-2 two and two against the Grizzlies this year. Lost two on the road. Won both at home. They won of those games. They won by 40-plus points. The other one, they were fairly dominant in. I mean... I think they won by 15 points. D'Angelo had 37 that game, I remember. But the Wolves just match up good against the Grizzlies. The Wolves match up good against teams that are not elite from the three-point line because that's basically the Wolves' defense. They allow not wide-open threes, but a good amount of open threes to opposing teams who can get into the paint. The biggest thing is ball pressure. If the Wolves' defense, Pat Bev, uh, Anthony Edwards, if D'Lo can – sometimes give good ball pressure, not allow the opposing guards to get into the paint and kick out for open threes. That's when the Wolves are at their best defensively. But the Grizzlies aren't phenomenal at shooting threes. What they're phenomenal at is John Morant driving to the hoop, Jaron Jackson getting into the paint. Uh, Desmond Bain's a really good three-point shooter, but overall they aren't as good as they are. They're not elite from the three-point line, and that's why I think this matchup is good for the Wolves. Like, the Warriors scare me, even though they've been struggling. Even the Jazz scare me. Now, I don't think they'll face the Jazz in the first round either way, but teams like that can shoot the three so well when they're on. Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson. I mean, Wiggins has shot it fairly well this year. Jordan Poole. The Jazz, they have Donovan Mitchell, Bojan Bogdanovic, Jordan Clarkson, uh, and then you have that guy in the middle named Rudy Gobert. So those teams are scary. 
the Grizzlies just don't have the experience that those teams have. And that's why I think it's less scary in the playoffs. The Wolves don't have any experience, basically. I mean, Carl's played in one series. Anthony Edwards, none. D'Angelo, one series. The only people that have experience are Patrick Beverly and Torian Prince. So if those teams, if the Wolves can match up against the Grizzlies, I think that's their best chance. And that's why, well, it's going to be, they beat have to be the seventh seed, but <laughs> it's a pickle. You're in a pickle if you're the Timberwolves because you want to miss the play in tournament. But you also, in my opinion, want to face the Grizzlies. Now, if Steph Curry is not back for the Warriors, I would love to face the Warriors, but it, it's looking like he will most likely be, be back right when the playoffs start. So, and he'll be rested. That will be scary. They have so much experience, but it's going to be an interesting last four games. The Wolves have the Wizards, the Spurs, the Rockets. Well, they start tomorrow. They got the Rockets. Then they got the Wizards, Spurs, and the Bulls. In my opinion, they win all four games. I Especially, like, people think, oh, the Bulls. Well, it's at home. The Bulls haven't been great lately. Granted, they have been getting more healthy, but it's at home. I, I think if, you, if it's in a must-win game at home, I like it. So, 4-0. Nuggets have to go two and two, whether it's a loss to the Grizzlies and the Lakers, maybe it's two losses to the Lakers. Maybe it's a loss to the Spurs. They just have to go two and two. I was listening to the Nuggets podcast last night, DNVR. Uh, Adam Mares does a good job there. He's nervous. He thinks that there's like a 60% chance the Nuggets avoid the plan, which is not high. I mean, they're the sixth seed and they have, they're up two games on the Wolves and he thinks it's only a 60% chance due to the schedule strength for the Grizzlies or the, uh, the Nuggets and the easy schedule for the Wolves. So it'll be a fun last week. Three home games. I'll be at all three, of course. I go to every freaking game. It's It's been uh, fun going to every game this year for the most part. I've been to like 27 games or something. Target Center has been electric. I was on a phone call last night with Charlie Leaf, and we were just spitballing, thinking, what would Minneapolis and Target Center be like in an NBA Finals? Now, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because we could talk about this for a, a year, but I just can't imagine. I mean, it's been electric already. Mike Breen in the building, all the celebrities in the building. It's a packed house. All the spotlight in the world on Minneapolis and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, what if the Wolves won the Finals? Glenn Taylor walking out there? I mean... He's known as the worst owner in all of sports. I'm not going to go any farther because it's so unrealistic, but just think about it. It's fun to think about the Wolves in the NBA Finals. Are you kidding me? You never know. You never freaking know. It's sports. Anything can happen. Um, the other sport, uh, well, it's the same sport, but college basketball. Tonight is the Final Four. Gonzaga or Villanova faces Kansas. North Carolina faces Duke. Two very tight matchups. I think Villanova, I hope, is going to beat Kansas due to I have them in one of my brackets and one of my groups for the ESPN Bracket Challenge. And so I would love Villanova to win. I think it's going to be tough without Justin Moore, who got hurt last game. Villanova, the the – Addition of Remy Martin this year didn't look great, but lately he has been phenomenal. I mean, he's getting to the line a ton. Ochai Abaji can shoot the ball lights out. David McCormick down in the paint. Christian Brown is good. Jalen Wilson is good. So they have a lot of guys, but Villanova just knows how to win at this time of the year. I would give the head coaching nod to Jay Wright over Bill Self, in my humble opinion. 
I think Colin Gillespie needs to have a big game. Jermaine Samuels has been phenomenal. They have to shoot the ball well. That's what Villanova does. They shoot the three ball. If it goes in, they win. If it if it doesn't, they'll probably lose. So that's the that's the key for the Wildcats of Villanova. The second game, the big game, everybody's going to be watching. Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four. Could you write a better story? Mike Krzyzewski has been going in for a while now. It's like, is this his last game? Is this his last game? Well, he keeps on winning. And Hubert Davis and North Carolina have been playing – they're playing their best basketball of all the season right now. I actually, in one of my brackets, I pre- in my main bracket, I predicted North Carolina to get to the Elite Eight, so props to me for that. Caleb Love has been elite. Armando Baycott, Leaky Black. Um, who else do they got? I mean, they have they – have, Brady Manick has been really good. R.J. Davis, he can shoot three. So they have guys too. This is good. This second game is going to be an offensive show. Neither team plays great defense. Duke has been playing better defense, but if Caleb Lug can get hot like he did in that UCLA game, if Armando Baycott can match up decently well against Mark Williams in the paint, and Brady Manick knocks down his threes, I like North Carolina here. I I mean it's somewhat biased because I'm not a big Coach K fan, but. If North Carolina can shoot the ball well, Armando Baycott versus Mark Williams is probably the biggest matchup in terms of if if North Carolina can win that matchup. That's how they will win because you know what you're going to get from Caleb Love, R.J. Davis. Leaky Black's fairly consistent. And then you go to the Duke side, Paulo Bancaro, A.J. Griffin. Um, who else they got? Uh, Mark Williams, like I said. Those guys – and then, like Trevor Keels, Jeremy Roach has been super good on this run to the Final Four. He has been an X factor for them. And uh, so I think this will be a great game. I hope North Carolina wins for a multitude of reasons, but you couldn't have written a better script for this Final Four. I mean, four blue bloods. Villanova is officially a blue blood in my, in my mind. They have been the best team in college basketball for the last 15 years. I mean, they're always there under Jay Wright. Hubert Davis has done a good job with North Carolina. Bill Self, Kansas, not they haven't made it a lot to a lot of Final Fours lately, but this year they do. And Duke, they're back. So this is going to be a good night of basketball. I hope it's Villanova versus North Carolina in the finals. Then I don't know who I'd want to win, but that's that. And then the last thing I want to get to is the Minnesota Twins opening day on Thursday at home against the Mariners. Rocco Baldelli announced that Joe Ryan is going to be the official starter on Thursday. Now that's interesting to me because everybody thought it was going to be Sonny Gray, but I like this. Put the young kid out there, get him all the experience he needs. He has so much potential. This twins lineup is going to be scary. I mean, if you've watched any of the spring training with Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton, that duo is going to be the best in the league. I think I, I, I legitimately think that without being biased. Now, the X factor for the Twins is these guys that were so good a couple years ago. Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano, those guys. If you can get back to anything like you were two years ago, this team can be so good. But the pitching is just going to be the issue. They signed Chris Archer. He's going to probably be their fifth guy. Um, He has struggled the last couple of years with injuries, but... The good news, in his, in his spring training start yesterday, his velocity was up two miles an hour on basically every pitch. And so that's a 
phenomenal sign for him. Uh, Dylan Bundy, they acquired, like I said, Sonny, Sonny Gray, you usually know he's always been a consistent pitcher anywhere from 3-0 to 4-0 ERA. And then uh, Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, the, uh, the six foot nine mountain of a man. And the bullpen, Tyler Duffy, Taylor Rogers, Alcala, um, you know what you're going to get from the bullpen. They'll probably just be average. The, the, if the starters can be average, bullpen average, lineup good, this is a playoff team. This is a playoff team. Baseball in October will be back. And hopefully the addition of Carlos Correa can get them some playoff wins because he is maybe, maybe the most clutch hitter in all of baseball. And so this would be a very fun team to watch in October. Who knows if Carlos Correa sticks out here, stays here past a year. I doubt it with the opt-outs in his contract and the fact that he isn't, this isn't a huge contract for him. I think after this, he's going to be looking for a long-term deal. So who knows, but I went over the Wolves. They have a last, last four games will be very exciting at target center. Uh, Final four, two really good games, Villanova, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina. I hope it's Villanova and I hope it's North Carolina. And then the last game, or the last thing I talked about, Minnesota Twins opening day this week. Joe Ryan starting, Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, Kepler, Sano, Polanco, uh, Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela. I didn't even mention those guys. New to the team. A lot of excitement in Twins territory. Um, like I said at the top of this episode, a lot of special guests coming on soon. So you can look forward to that, Johnny Athletic. Hopefully, uh, Jake Scraffs, if you don't know him, Look him up on Twitter. If you're a Wolves fan, he makes phenomenal Timberwolves merch. I mean, he comes out with a new shirt or sweatshirt or, I mean, coffee cup. He comes out with new things every week. I think he changed his website to wolvesback.com, which is brilliant because the Wolves are back. Um, So go check that out. I hope to have him on the podcast soon to talk about what he does and also just talk about the Timberwolves in general. And then Dane Moore, he's been on the podcast before. He is one of the best, maybe my favorite guys that covers the Timberwolves, his podcast. And then uh, hopefully Doogie Wolfson. He's on the spring break with his kids right now. I emailed him. He said uh, he could possibly come on when he gets home. So if that can happen, that would be good. That would be four huge guests, maybe a little bump for the podcast. We need some more listeners. We need some more followers. If you like this episode, if you like all of our episodes, press the like button. Uh, Share it with a fat friend. Share it with a family member. And uh, have a great day, people.